You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. From the Pacific to the Rocky Mountains and around the world, you're listening to episode 303 of the PHP Ugly Podcast, a weekly podcast brought to you by three real-life, everyday PHP developers. We make our living coding, and we love it. I am your host, Eric Van Johnson. And before I introduce the others, I forgot my whole spiel, man. I was so excited (laughs) about my whole beginning. I forgot about it. Around the world, thanks to our Discord channel, people are listening to us at this moment live and participating in the show through our Discord at discord.phpugly.com. You really should think about joining the party. Discord runs all week long. People are in there chatting all week long. Great conversations going on in there. Also, we have to thank our Patreons who support us, our Patreons who support us on Patreon. One of these days, I'm going to get that right. Nah. It's you all that really make us come here every week and do this, and we're not even mad about it. Also, we'd like to thank our sponsors, HoneyBadger.io and Cloudways. We're going to talk about all of them a little later in the show, but for right now, let me introduce the rest of the crew. To my right, or top, whatever, John Condon. <laughs> Somewhere in that video screen you got looking at right now, that you are looking at right now. You got looking at it? I can't speak. And Tom right out. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. I am actually talking to you on a real computer again. I got my internet <laughs> back. I'm not much, on an iPad. Much faster than you thought you were going to get it back, which is much good, faster. good news. <laughs> Oh, and what was crazy, I, I talked. I told Discord about this, I'll, I'll share it in the show. Last week, my internet had completely went out on me, and uh, I have fiber to the house, and had been so reliable up until that moment, and it just totally just went out on me. So there was this big to-do, right? Internet providers said that they wouldn't be able to get out for a couple weeks, and you know, blah, blah, blah. I ended up podcasting on my iPad using 5g i thought it actually worked out pretty well the the quality my quality mic quality was horrible i that was a horrible one but uh but the problem ended up being not even my house it ended up being like the main switch of the neighborhood i guess some other technician came out and moved my line and had put me in the put me in the wrong port either had taken my line out and when the, he went to put it back in, he put it in at the wrong port, or or he thought my line had to move and moved my line to either way. The the technician came out the next day. This was Friday, so they they came out the day after the, the show. And he comes out, he plugs in to the fiber in my garage. He goes, huh. He says, I'll be right back. And gets in his car and pull, drives away. I'm like, hello? He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't tell you where he's okay. going. Doesn't tell me where he's going. Doesn't tell me how long he's going to be gone for. I just I have a pretty good understanding he's coming back because he left this little like Terminator in my on that fiber line. And then, you know, like, wasn't quick either. Like 15 minutes later or, or 20 minutes later, he comes pulling up. He goes, yeah, you're all good. I'm like, okay, how? And he's like, yeah, no, it was this. And like, well, that's great. So, so yeah, I'm back online, back on my fiber, back on my good mic, for better or for worse. Uh, I'm very happy. For much better, for sure. (laughs) I was was walking around Ace Hardware, I think yesterday, saw a guy in a Harry Mack shirt, and I stopped him. I was like, I love that guy. And just had this conversation with him and told him how, we actually had Harry Mack write us a, a, a freestyle for the show. And he was like, oh, that's really cool. And it was just a good little back and forth. It's just that, that's funny pretty awesome. Finding uh, <laughs> Harry Mack fans out in the world, out in the wild. Tom, you're being very quiet. Yeah, I haven't left my house all week. Well, that, it's not unusual. <laughs> well, See, that's pretty par for a course. Yeah, I'm just I, Uber Eats packaging all over the place on the floor and. 
and and my cats are just just passed out on the bed and ready for me to come lay down with them and it's been a okay. it has been a tough week All right. is your wife out of town no <laughs> the way you led into that made it sound like that yeah, my wife's no out, so i'm not leaving no started working this week and uh it has been it has been very cool, very happy about it, but it is a lot of work. the The onboarding process is very well laid out and organized, and I'm very happy with it. But it is a lot. I can understand that. Starting at a new place anywhere, getting into a new code base is always challenging. Yeah, trying to figure out how people, how previous developers did things, or even the current developers, is always a challenge. Yeah, but so far it's been great. So far, you know, I'm having a great time and doing a little bit of of team Rocket League, which has been nice. <laughs> As part of the job, like, hey, let's all get in and, and play. It's like a it's like a team building exercise, you know. I don't, I'm not not putting it down on my my time card or anything, but you know, get get together with other developers and score some goals. Are they all impressed with your rocket ability? Very much. I am impressive not lately when you've been playing with me mr yeah broken controller (laughs) just got my uh my xbox elite series 2 controller today so now back in the game gotcha eric how's your week been uh can't hear you at all wrong button been fine uh, they had uh, Laricon online, so I have like a crap load of, of Laravel stuff I want to talk about. I was I was going to try to be polite and let you guys uh, talk through your stuff before I got to it. <laughs> Appreciate what about you, that. John? It's just been a week. I've, I'm continuing to build out some of the PHP Architect tools that we use, and like made a new like focus on needing to get some of these things done. Just for my own peace of mind, my own sanity, getting things a lot smoother just in my day-to-day stuff I need to do. We got this month's magazine out finally. Wasn't as late as I thought it was going to be, which is fantastic. And then hoping next month is that much better as we continue working through, like my wife taking over the editing slash laying out of the magazine and getting over that learning curve. So, so far, so good. We're getting there. Cool. Tom, what you never replied, I posted it in Discord. What are you being blamed for now? I couldn't follow uh, what you're being blamed for. I'm I'm not entirely sure. I got called out on Twitter for being wrong about Apple. Yeah, that's that's what was so confusing. It, it sounded like they were talking about your Laravel post, but then kept referring to Apple. Yeah, I'm not really following. Uh, I mean, you know, I catch blame for stuff on such a regular basis that I've got like a a wall built around my self-esteem for it. So <laughs> it, it really didn't bother me at all to be blamed for something. Well, to your, to your benefit or whatever, they do say I love real write-out. So they are, they are a fan. I missed this completely. I have no clue what you're talking about. Oh yeah, yeah it's I'll, a tweet I'll out post there. Discord. Is I'll post somebody who apparently saw my my post about the Laravel Semver stuff, and uh, and also doesn't like my take on Mac stuff. But your Mac What's, stuff has you, been you, all you, over the place. <laughs> you've been the Mac fanboy here lately. Really? Yeah, last that's year that's so. what I mean. I have been, and uh, but I'm being told I'm always wrong about Apple. So. I somehow I've somehow was wrong when I hated Apple, and now that I've converted to love the MacBook, I'm wrong about it as well. (laughs) And what's funny is you're wrong for the same reasons. They're like you don't have to upgrade immediately, which was the same argument they had on the Laravel posts. Right. (laughs) I yeah, I'm having trouble tracking exactly what I'm wrong about, which isn't out of the ordinary either. I am so frequently wrong that it is hard to keep track. It really is. But but once again, <laughs> for, like, for us to don't care. Just I don't. That's the thing about being wrong all the time is eventually you just stop caring that you're wrong, and you almost embrace it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> it's like 
that theory on the internet is to get the correct answer fastest, you give a incorrect statement. That makes sense. Yeah. So the slack. So I mean, I am I am sometimes wrong on purpose to prove a point or to get the correct answer. I can understand how that would be confusing. Also, don't care. So, you know. so this tweet was a combination of Mac and and Laravel, Laravel criticism. Yeah, at the same time. Well, not not the tweet necessarily. That's what I don't follow. It sounded like they were talking about the Laravel post in the tweet, but they kept referencing Apple and Apple products. Right. Oh, because, so it, because it we're saying very confusing. Because it was almost like if you want to stay up with Laravel, you have to upgrade right away, but you don't need to with a Mac. Well, I and know. I didn't I didn't it's say you have to upgrade right away. I just yeah. said that the security support for old versions is non existent now that LTS is dead. So you do have to upgrade, which is a problem because mm. now Taylor is trolling me and has, has stated that 10 could be released without any backwards breaking changes to which I responded. 10 is a backwards breaking change. The number 10 would break backwards compatibility with every library out there, unless you just do what I do and support one through a hundred. And then when someone says it doesn't work, go and fix it. It's called future proofing. It's future proofing slash not future proofing when you break something. Sure. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, once again, I'm wrong. It was interesting to get, I don't often get directly added in tweets. I don't tweet a whole lot. So it was interesting for my phone to pop up while I was having a nice family dinner and just tell me I was wrong again. <laughs> but but you start reading like, honey, somebody loves me. Oh, shit. <laughs> that is literally what happened is I thought, oh, some praise. Nice. I like, oh, God damn it. It's not, it's not praise again. Yeah, but. It's a thankless job, this podcasting it, I tell you. I, I do appreciate that that PHP Ugly itself was not blamed for my indiscretions. It wasn't like PHP Ugly is always wrong or like PHP Ugly's got their head up their asses. It's just at PHP Ugly, consider firing Tom because he is so frequently wrong. <laughs> you might want to remove him from the staff. We do we one. do appreciate you prefacing the entire post by saying these are my opinions and my opinions alone. They do not reflect anything to do with PHP Architect or PHP Ugly in any way. Considering, yeah, considering doing that just at the beginning of the show instead of Eric's intros, <laughs> just taking over, taking over the intro, just saying, "Hi, my name's Tom. I, I am a liar. That's what I do." And it in no way represents any of the other people on the show. I will lie to. At least you keep it entertaining. That's yeah. Do you ever you ever have that reoccurring dream where the devil calls you a devil's advocate? Nope. <laughs> just, just, oh God, it's so annoying. You're always devil's advocate. You I don't have, have to speak on my behalf, damn it. <laughs> I have I have a quick question for you guys. We, I want to jump right into this because I have so much stuff here. But the one thing that has been uh, hurting the back of my head all day, do you guys use Figma for like layout and design stuff? No, we tried. I, I don't. One of the developers of one of our clients does a lot. It's like as a tool, he loves it as a tool, as, as a company that produces this one tool, which is UX UI stuff, you know, layouts and graphing and that kind of like, what do you think the company is worth? $17 billion. I have no clue. I, I would be shocked if you told me more than a couple million. Yeah, me too. Adobe just bought it. Every, everything's a billion dollars. Oh, Adobe bought Adobe it? just yeah. bought Figma. I, I would say at least $10 billion. Like, everything's a billion dollars now. Nobody's nobody's under a billion dollars anymore. $20 billion. Oh, Holy. I almost had it. I said 17 the first time. But you were joking. I was. And it was still more than that. It's $20 billion. I don't think anyone knows what a billion dollars really is worth. It's not or, worth a, it's not worth a UI design interface. So this is what always gets me. Like, what is their revenue stream? I, 
we've we've gone over this so many times, and yeah. every time I've had an answer for you, I have no answers for you on this one. I cannot possibly give you a reason why this is worth twenty billion dollars. I I can't. It makes no sense on any scale that I understand. I mean, like. If I had a company that was like Figma that was worth $20 billion, I would just take that and like go to all the people who develop open source and be like, I'm sorry that you've got underappreciated for so long. Here's the money. Like, Give everyone a million dollars and then have an extra $15 billion left over. Like, it's $20 billion is insane. I'm telling you, I, not, we, need to, we need to start billion. positioning PHP Architect as like, this important thing of PHP and just get it like is a, an important thing of PHP. Get Microsoft to give us a billion dollars for it. It doesn't make, I mean, really like it makes me wonder how do you, how do you do this? How do you create a product that is as essentially as simple as what Figma is and have it be but worth it's not, more than it, $10 million? But it's not, it's not that simple. I mean, it's a big application, I do want to know how many users they have, how many people are actually paying for it. But I, I, like I said, one of our clients uses it, and I'm sure they pay good money for it. Well, I, I saw something about their their annual income, and it was like 400 million for this year. See, that's my point. Even at 400 million, they paid 20 billion. It just doesn't make sense to me. Even even if they can make four hundred million year over year for the next ten years, twenty years, they're still not going to recoup what they what they paid what they paid for it. It's nuts. Well, and it was okay. So the twenty twenty two revenue is eighty one million dollars. Okay, I, still still I, well below a billion. Yeah, like way below. Yeah there's got to be something going on with, with the valuations where they want to go public with 20 billion, but it's the Figma doesn't actually get anywhere near that amount of money. Right. Am I missing something? Like there's no way $20 billion is changing hands. Okay. I've got another website that says that their 2022 revenue is 340 million. So even over the last year, that's, I mean, more a, than triple. A Figma organization plan is $45 a month. Per editor. You're, so I think you're allowed to have people that can go in there and view your your designs. But mm-hmm. if, as long as you can't edit it, you're not paying for it. You're only paying for the people that can access the design. Right. So, so $45 a month for people who, who use the, the tool. That's the organizational level. That's, that's the highest. Well, there's an enterprise tier too. Enterprise tier is... $75 a month, right? So how many freaking you said 300 over 300 million in revenue? Yeah. How how many subscribers do they have? That's crazy so man. If there. if they had 27 million subscribers. No, let's I'm sorry, that number's wrong. Let's divide it one more. If they have 200 if they have 2 million subscribers, then they make that back in a year. If the plan is is to make that back over 10 years, they would need 222,000 subscribers. That's that's still a lot and that's all at the enterprise level. Yeah, that's crazy. <clears throat> I just I mean I don't A, I don't get it. B, I hate it. I hate them for for doing this to me personally because I don't have a, a billion dollars. I just want a million. That's all I want. Just give me a million. I'll leave everyone alone. You'll never have to hear me be wrong again. Podcast <laughs> over. We succeeded. A million split three ways isn't that much money. Why would I split the three million three ways? Podcast over? No, for me. I, <laughs> okay. you, you guys can go on until you get your million. But I'm, I mean, no one's, no one's telling you you're wrong and offering to pay you off to just leave them alone. Oh, yeah, is that, that what I need to do? Just be wrong. Too. That would be our luck too, John. Like as as much as we hustle, as hard as we try to, you know, contribute to the community and and you know be good stewards of the community. Tom will be the one who like ends up with that like million dollar buyout yeah, or some yeah. shit. No, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I think you that's realize, everyone's um, goal. You realize a million won't last you that long. I I plan on dying very young. 
if I got a million dollars, that that knocks it down even even further. <laughs> yeah. He drowned in luxury whiskey. I don't know why he filled a pool with luxury whiskey, but where we found him. The whole point of having more money is to live longer. You can afford better care. No. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what my Coke dealer says. Yeah. Till I can buy a new liver, it's just for stuff that ruins my liver. <laughs> Speaking of which, day 15, still drinking soda. I'm impressed. Well, not, not that soda's that good for you, but I'm impressed that you've gone 15 days with alcohol. I'm over it. Without alcohol. I, I'm not sure I believe you. You've been known to tell a fib here and there. Well, so That's true. <laughs> you just admitted it yourself. On this, on this, I am not lying, but my, my friend and I have decided that the wives have, have accomplished what they set out to accomplish, and we feel the sense of, of self-control that we, we were aiming to feel. You know, that's, uh, my life is not ruled by liquor, so I believe that tomorrow is the end of the month, <laughs> and... <laughs> don't say that. We don't have the magazine done yet. I, I, his month. Yes. I have I have accomplished what I set out to do, which is not fail on no. the first week. No, you you, you, <laughs> you, you know, set you, out to not drink for the entire month. Was what so, the goal so was. if you don't make the month, you've failed. When when a person sets a goal, they're really setting two goals. They're setting a public goal and a personal goal. <laughs> I have met my personal goal. I'm very pleased with it. Uh, so I'm afraid that the public goal might have to take the the L on this one. <laughs> you should do it the other way next time your public goal is less than the private goal so that you nah. succeed in the public's eyes that's I mean, the way that, I always do it when I, when I have a goal I tell my wife what my lower goal is even though I want the higher goal that way she thinks better of me that is a surefire way to disappoint your wife see my way oh no <laughs> I would have told my wife, I'm going to go a week without drinking. I want to go a month, but I'm going to go a week. I made it two. She's like, wow, you made it two weeks. And I'm like, all right. So I'm going to have to explain to my wife that there was a misunderstanding. (laughs) No, you just get her hammered first. That'll be tough. Is she going the full month? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a group of of five of us. You can do it. I think I can talk her out of it. Instead of standing up like, yeah, we should should back her and support her through this. Now nah, I'm going to tear you down. Do you know how long this month has been? That's 15 days so far? It feels <laughs> like it's been 30. Well, that's what happens when all your columnists don't get their articles in on time. Yeah. Wait, what, are we talking about something else? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not calling anybody out, Joe. You're fine. Boy. You know what I, you know what I could go for a, a tall glass of right now? Honey Badger. When you're in production, a thousand things can go wrong. You could deploy a bug in your latest release. Your background jobs can silently fail. Someone could trip over the network cable at your data center. And this all comes back to you. You need to know when bad things happen and be able to respond to them quickly. That's why we built Honey Badger. It's easy to install Honey Badger in your backend applications and front-end JavaScript. It only takes a few minutes of configuration and you'll have monitoring done. That's because we hook into popular web frameworks, job systems, and the browser, so that when any of them crash, we can automatically let you know. We ping your application from our global fleet of servers to let you know about problems with connectivity, latency, and SSL certificates, and we monitor your recurring jobs to see if any of them stop recurring. When there's a problem, we alert your team using the tools you already use. We can create issues in GitHub, Jira, and other issue trackers, and send notifications via Slack, PagerDuty, or other channels. When you click through, you'll be taken to detailed information on the error. You'll see things like request parameters, headers, user information, and the backtrace. Click on any line of the backtrace to view it in GitHub, Bitbucket, or your local editor. When you fix a problem, just mark it resolved and follow up with the affected user. That's Honey Badger, where the monitoring tool for web developers would rather be, well, developing. Thank, Thank you, Honey Thank Badger. You, Honey Badger. Now I gotta find out if there's a Honey Badger beer. There is. 
I was going to say, I'm sure there is. Oh, there's 100% of Bear Hands Brewery. 9.5% double IPA. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking a 9% Imperial IPA right now. Go ahead and rub it in. Thanks. Drinking a scotch right now. I'm That's a little higher than 9%, just so you know. Drinking a Carl's Jr. Diet Coke. My new, we had a new Costco open by the house, and I went in and sent my wife a picture. They had like an entire stack of my Lagavulin in there. Did you buy a whole so pallet? I could have. They had they had a couple pallets there, but I haven't sold my company for a billion dollars yet, so I can't uh, fill up my pool with it quite yet. <laughs> Coming soon, pool of Lagavulin. John, sir, you ha- you you have been. You have been doing some fun coding stuff that you haven't shared with the group. I have. I was going to say, I doubt that. Yeah, I don't do anything fun. No. What part are you talking about? Which, which I, I'm talking about PHP architect stuff. I, we just talked about it 10 minutes ago. Did we talk about that 10 minutes ago? We did. Was that that low bar you're talking about with your wife? No. <laughs> no. No, I just said I've been doing a lot of a lot of coding to make my life a little bit better with some of the stuff at PHP architect. PHP Architect is, is so John and I, I think I shared this with you, John. We officially purchased PHP Architect uh, on 9-9 of last year. So we're um, one year in, little over. So we have, we have actually owned it for a year, which really means that the clock is ticking on the things that we can blame on Oscar. That, that, that's really running out oh, on us. But it's still ticking? I didn't know that. Oh yeah, we got time. Oh yeah, yeah we okay. got. We def- Hell, I still blame things in our client's code base on the first developer that quit. That guy, that, that guy's going to be taking that bullet for a long time. But yeah, we yeah, got so, uh, got some fun stuff. Yeah, so I've been I've been building some tools around kind of automating a lot of the manual tasks that have been going on dealing with APIs that I haven't dealt with before. So we use notion.so. Is that what it is? Notion.so? Yeah. For a lot of article management. So interacting with their API, which is not fun at all. Oh my God, it's annoying. And then Eric and I were talking today and I was telling him some of the tasks I do with our accounting software. And at the end of every month, I go in and I have to create like, okay, we got to pay all of these people for the articles they submit. Speaking of which, if you want to write for the magazine, you do not have to be a professional writer. You just have to want to share something, write for the magazine, and we pay you for your words. Handsomely. It's, it's interesting how that works. Anyway, and, and we work with you. So don't be afraid. If you have anything you want to write about. You don't have to be a professional. You just have to want to share information. You could be wanting to learn about a topic. Use that as an excuse to write an article for the magazine and let us give you some money for you to learn. If you're in between jobs, take that time to do some writing like Tom. Did. Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. Move on. <laughs> I did some writing. I was randomly rejected and we'll never, never write again. Your writing was not for us. So anyway, so... As Eric and I were talking, I'm like, I really wish I could interact with our accounting software so I could automate this task because I ha- we have the list of articles that we're going to write or that are going into this issue. I would like to be able to create the basically the bills to pay automatically in the accounting software. And I could have sworn I had looked recently and there wasn't an API. Today I looked, hey, look, there's an API and already starting to interact with it a little bit. I took a bunch of notes before the show of, oh, I got to do this and got to do that and things I got to figure out. But we have several exciting. people in our Discord who are contributors to the PHP Architect magazine, either regular columnists or feature article contributors. So, yeah, do it, man. I really encourage people to do it. I'm waiting for Buttery to write for us. He's, Buttery need, for sure. He needs to get some of that the uh, Patreon money back. I need Ralph to write for us, man. Ralph, Ralph was uh, I, al- I always enjoyed Ralph's presentations. He presented once or twice for us in San Diego, and uh, I really like him. I'd like to get him to write for us. Anybody that's listening to us right now, write for us. <clears throat> you know, uh, 
I have a little a little story here, a little vindication for for myself, a little Tom's always wrong proof that I'm not you're always wrong. That you're, I thought you were proving you were always wrong. We have discussed microwaves in the past, and that <laughs> oh, I love where this is going. And that they, I actually have something to contribute to that. Mm-hmm, by the way, mm-hmm. go ahead. It's a long, long running story with us that uh, your microwave is watching you. That the the radio waves emitted from a microwave can be used to to calculate the layout of your house and things like that. And uh, I was roundly mocked for this this idea. You weren't you weren't mocked. It was mm. embedded into our old logo. You were memorialized for it. Yeah, in in a in a mocking way. Good recovery. It wasn't a mocking way. It, it, it was, was a. I kind of was a little bit. <laughs> it was. Well, the new Intel CPU supports a feature that will turn your computer on when you sit down in front of it. Well, How- yeah my my uh, Google Hub does it as well. Matter of fact, my Google Hub, I have a setting on my Google Hub where instead of telling Google to, to list, start listening to me, if I turn and look at it, it will start listening. To is it using a camera? <laughs> this is using Wi-Fi. It uses the Wi-Fi to detect that you have sat down in front of your computer. I, I, don't, I don't follow. Almost like the radiation of a microwave. It's... Almost exactly Use, like the radiation of a microwave. Using the using radio waves versus a camera. The technology is called Wi-Fi proximity sensing, and it is included as part of the Intel's 13th gen CPUs. There is a small uh, operating system side component, but besides that, it is all in the hardware of your new CPU and your standard Wi-Fi interface. And it uses, so can I contribute? uses radio waves. So, so you're acting like this is a deal. I'm going to tell you why it's not. Because this happened to me, and I thought of you immediately, Tom. I got a, uh, I got one of those Roombas, iRobot sweeping things. And mm-hmm. after it ran for about a week or two, I got a little notification on my phone that said, Hey, we've mapped out your house now. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> would you like that, would you like it to tell us where to start to you know, that focus uses LIDAR, though. That uses that uses all sorts of non radio based technology. Also it's you heard you heard the house. you heard the problem with uh, Amazon trying to buy Roomba, right? No. Is that people are super freaked out that Amazon wants to buy Roomba because it gives Amazon access to the layout of every house that Roomba Roomba's run in so they can sell it as like realty data. Amazon doesn't have to do that when Roomba can do it themselves. But Roomba but doesn't sell that it's, data. It's, it's, but it's all public information anyway. What are you talking about? It's not public information. The layout of your home? You can go. Yeah, yeah you can go on. Go, the- go to Zillow.com and look up your house. Yeah. All the sales information, your square footage, all that stuff's public information. No. (laughs) I know it was in Florida. I'm pretty sure it is in California. I don't know about the rest of the country, but I could go to the the registrar, some website, and find all that information. Because you you do that when you're trying to sell your house. You want to see what's being sold in your area. When you buy a house, you can look back and see what it sold for in the past. Yeah. Well, sure. The previous owners were. Yeah. All the permits you have to pull to get stuff done. It's always updating that information. Yep. Nobody's freaked out about Amazon. Amazon Amazon's like evil. <laughs> the end. Because <laughs> they could pull your information off of a public resource and sell your information. Well, they don't know where my couch is. My Roomba knows where my couches yeah, are. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Amazon doesn't. I don't, and yeah. I don't want I them don't to know. I don't care if they do. I don't I, want I don't them to know. I don't care if they know. Why? Why does that matter? But Amazon's yeah, evil. I mean, I'm not. I'm not looking to give up my privacy. I understand the whole getting complacent with your privacy sort of thing. You know, the oh, it's I'll give up some privacy for convenience, and then that grows and grows. I get all that, but. 
Oh, I do. That I don't think Amazon cares cares about where I put my couch. So that's where you're wrong. All right. I've been patient. I've been patient. We have been talking about PHP stuff. So don't if we don't have PHP stuff, tough. I'm going to talk about Laricon. Don't go to Laricon. I'm going to Laricon. How how is your event sourcing week? I've had a fuck full, off, John. I've had a full event sourcing <laughs> week myself. That's PHP. So I I was personally attacked during Laricon, as a matter of fact. Really? Yeah, bring events, that up. That's not event sourcing. Okay, now I'm interested. No, it was event sourcing, John. Um, Matt Matt Stauffer from Titan mm-hmm. did a talk and specifically said things like the repository pattern, microservices, and event sourcing, which are all three things I've talked about me working on on this show over the past couple of years. He's like, yeah, don't do those. Don't overcomplicate things. Don't do that stuff. Don't, don't you have to need to do that to do those sort of things. I'm like, what do you, what? Why do you pick those three things? Like the three things that like I, I promoted and talked a lot about on, on the show. Especially so, the repository. I still don't understand why everybody doesn't use the repository pattern. It's like, why don't you use that? Put all your database shit in its own location. Don't put it in your controller. Don't definitely don't put it in your model. Isn't it already I, I was in your personally model in attacked. Yeah, it is. No. No, 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 yeah. not not things like selects and stuff like that. R- repository pattern makes a lot more sense for data mappers. Repository pattern makes sense for everything and money in my book. Like mm-hmm. I just I don't know, I, I was listening love, to Matt Stauffer recently and he said it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So when this came through Discord, discord.phpugly.com, somebody said that the next thing he that they were surprised he didn't talk about event sourcing. Did he really bring that up? He brought it up. He brought it up. It was like, like right after somebody in Discord, you know, kind of said, "Hey, Eric, you know, Matt's calling you out or, or something." I forget, and I like listen. I'm like, "Oh, damn!" I feel personally attacked. And then it's like, yeah, you know, next next thing you, know, I think I said, it. I'm like, next thing you know, he's gonna say, "Don't do event sourcing." And like, 15 minutes later, that's what he says. You sure this was an attack and not just advice? <laughs> he's a nice guy. I've yeah. talked to him before. Doesn't seem yeah. like the kind that would just he's, he's outright not attack ni- you. Not that nice of a guy when he poached one of our employees. He did. He did poach one of our employees. Well, that employee kind of poached themselves. True. You know, that's a whole nother thing. But uh, yeah, man. Yeah. And and the thing is, I don't want to say he's wrong with the event sourcing, but now I kind of feel like I need to defend it. <laughs> Should write an article. I, I am. I am definitely mm-hmm. not sold on we should be event sourcing everything. I, I see a very niche you market for event source. You, you don't do enough customer service crap. There's so many times where I get hit from customer service saying, hey, blah, 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 whatever their request is or their concern is or something is broken. And it's like, if I if this thing was only event source and I could have the information I need to figure out what had happened, but I can't because I don't have that information, it's so annoying. I'm in the process of converting, like, it's kind of a simplistic form that has a lot of fields post to a controller right now and does a, like, the controller is huge, does way too much work. I'm in the process of event sourcing that, and I got it to a point now where it takes all of the data from the form, puts it into crap ton of, of value objects, and event sources it. I'm at the point now where all I now need to do is take all that data and do Everything else the controller does, which is communicate basically with Twilio, and I'm done. So it's one of those, once you get the the pattern of event sourcing, the commands and events, and kind of get that flow of how things are going, it's so much easier. It's that learning curve. You get past that, you're No, it's go. never easier. Disagree with the easier comment. You're, you're two months, three months, four months into it. There's no way this is, it will become easier than I'm used to doing event sourcing now, but it'll never become easier than like your normal crud of, stuff. Of course it's not, just, because there's more to be done. But Well, that's what you said. I'm saying you event sourcing it's itself. Easier. No, event sourcing itself gets easier where you're like, oh, I can, I can do this now. I can roll this out easier than I could, you know, six months ago. You get better at doing that, 
there is value in it down the road. You don't necessarily see the value as you're building it today, but give the thing you're building now six months to a year in production where you have actual users using it. And then they start saying, asking you questions and you have that data and you're like, I am so happy I have this event source right now. Mm. So, so the application I'm using it for now, I think meets the low bar of needing event sourcing, Mm. but but yeah, I, I definitely see event sourcing as being a very niche thing. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see it in niche at all. Yeah. It's nice to know I'm not the only one who's wrong. <laughs> but you know what every application one. does need? What is that? Error handling. This video is brought to you by Cloudways. We are all developers and love to write code, but Managing the servers that that code runs on can be a time-consuming and error-prone process. Cloudways helps you spend less time managing your servers and more time doing what you really want to do, coding. You only need one account to manage servers on multiple platforms and for multiple customers. Pick just the server size and location that makes the most sense for you and your customers. You can even estimate your costs for your server before spinning it up. Cloudways offers peace of mind and flexibility so you can focus on growing your business instead of dealing with server management. With Cloudways, you get an optimized stack, managed servers, backups, a staging environment, integrated Git, pre-configured Composer, 24-7 support, and a choice of five different cloud providers, Amazon Web Services, DigitalOcean, Linode, Google Cloud, and Vulture. Get a discount of 20% for three months using the code PHPARCH. Check them out today using our affiliate link at phparch.com slash Cloudways. Thank you, Thank Cloudways. You, Cloudways. Okay, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? You led well, your lead-in. Your lead-in was <laughs> not quite right. A little mixy-matchy. Cl- Cloudways of- is not error, error, error handling. It's server management. Matter of fact, allows you to deploy across multiple cloud services effortlessly. Effortlessly? <laughs> it's easier effort. than saying effortlessly. <laughs> yeah, you don't need AWS credentials and DigitalOcean credentials and your credit card. There. You just go through Cloudways and you say, I want a server spun up on DigitalOcean and AWS. And you manage your server through Cloudways, but doesn't do error handling. Well, but what uh, does do error handling? HoneyBadger.io. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so to Tom, both of our sponsors. We appreciate you both. We do appreciate both of you. Yes. So, Tom, did you not watch Laracon Online? I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm, mm, I'm very excited. to work. He, he couldn't get away. Yeah, I'm very excited to, to watch it, though. The uh, Livewire 3 stuff. Oh, my God. The Livewire 3 stuff. You're just, you're just serving it up for me now, yes, aren't you? Yes, I am. So, this is awesome. So, Caleb hasn't released Livewire 3 yet. Normally, it's, it's one of those things of, hey... Here's all the features of LiveWire 3, and, and it's available to you today. And they didn't do that uh, this year. And I, I, I thought it was very commendable of them. But uh, he did say in his... Now, I was working during Lyricon, so I am worried that I missed things or misunderstood things. But I will tell you how I heard things. In his presentation, he only called out one kind of big backwards breaking change. The one thing, one thing that he considered to be a big backwards breaking change. He says, besides that, there really aren't any backwards breaking changes. And that one big thing, I forgot to even make a note of what the hell that was. I do remember thinking, well, shit, that's going to impact me. And now I need to go back through my code base. But whoopsie. So You've heard me go on and on about the tall stack, which is Laravel, well, tall, right? Tailwind, Alpine JS, Livewire, and Laravel, right? And Livewire and Alpine JS are both projects from Caleb. Now, Livewire 3 is going to have Alpine JS just baked into it. So it won't be a separate install. Um, uh, like a minor thing that, that he did, but I, I thought this was like one of those good quality of life things is when you do do your, uh, live wire install, your composer require live wire, live wire, 
you have to go into a blade, like your, your main blade template and do insert the live wire script so that it pulls in all the live wire stuff for you, all the JavaScripty stuff that it does. You won't need to do that moving forward, which I was a little confused on. So I'm like, okay, how's it know? How's it going to know to inject Livewire and where to inject it? Like, I'm not really clear. So that's one of those things. Like, I feel like I missed something on that. But yeah, they said that you no longer have to include the Livewire script. It'll just automatically be injected, which again, sounds weird to me. But one of the really cool things they're doing, and of course, now thinking of an example is going to escape me, but... Livewire now is leveraging annotations. So you can, you can, there, there are the predefined annotations you can use in Livewire to allow, allow Livewire to enable additional kind of uh, things, right? Like one of the, the one I can think of off the top of my head, this is a bad example, but you can now do inline JavaScript, like vanilla JavaScript within a Livewire component. Uh, and one of the ways you do that is by using this JavaScript annotation, and then you're able to use it. So that's going to be kind of cool. Let me see. I'm trying to remember what else there was. To- oh, so one of the big things, one of the big things with Livewire 3, and again, this is all just the Livewire stuff. So big complaint a lot of people had with Livewire were all the network calls it would make. So if you would, if you watch your console on a Livewire app, it's constantly making these network calls. Like all this, all this dynamic, all these dynamic components where you're like having things update all over your page. You know, they're all making these network calls. Now Livewire is going to bundle their network calls. So you, you'll see a lot fewer network calls. That's going to be cool. You know, I think that was a feature that you could sort of enable in Livewire previously. It was just, it was something you had to manage yourself was those, Mm -hmm. the delays and the batching of, of calls. Okay. I don't, I don't, well, you could always defer calls. You know what? I think that was the backwards breaking change now that I say that word, (laughs) but, but you could all, you could always defer like how, how frequent, frequently, like a component would pull to kind of reduce that. Did you lose me? Just a video. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> it's that fiber. So, you know, it's fiber slow. Yeah, it is unreliable. <laughs> I did make a note here saying that you can now have reactive properties. And I honestly can't remember what the hell that is, but it was a, it was a cool enough thing that I made a note of it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the thing. Let me see what else to say. Defer. Oh yeah. There you go. Big breaking change. Defer on input fields are now the default. Okay, that's fine. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, defer on input fields. I used to defer all my input fields anyway, so that probably won't change my stuff. Besides that, there were there were some other kind of cool things. First thing, have to applaud. It wasn't Taylor. It was it was another speaker whose name escapes escapes me right now, but. Somebody had an entire presentation on community, which is like a big deal to me and, you know, has been one of the criticisms I've had of Laracons in the past of it seemed like Laracon was getting further and further away from community and somebody put together an entire talk on community how to onboard in the community, the you know, things to look for, podcasts to listen to. No, we weren't one of them. Surprise. Uh, <laughs> I love that but, I love that you can't remember the name of the guy who did the community talk. I know, right? How terrible uh, is that? And, and I, can, I, can, I, can, I can picture his face. Yeah. Oh, is that was that the name? Yeah, Kaneko Kaneko did a talk called uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Laravel Community. There you go. To, uh, to, so Eric, that, to Eric's point, he couldn't remember us, so we can't remember him. That's fair. That's right. That's right. <laughs> One cool thing, as a matter of fact, after after Laracon, I had to stop the project I was working on and do a composer upgrade because Taylor wasn't clear on whether this was a new feature in Laravel 10 or just something that had gotten introduced in Laravel 9 over the releases. So he does kind of address 
you know, one of the things we've talked about on the show of this concept of new features being released, you know, throughout the year. And, you know, he's kind of like, yeah, you know, that's just what, how we're doing it now. So, yeah, it, the whole thing is it's not meant to be backwards breaking changes or anything like that. Um, so a lot of his talk, a lot of Taylor's talk was just talking about the things that were, that had been already released. And then he made a, he started doing some live coding and made a reference to a new UUID trait. So if you listen to the show long enough, you know, I'm a big fan of UUIDs kind of require them everywhere now, right? It's, it's kind of like my standard. And I've always built my own a UUID trait for a long time. The limitation that I had was in my trait, I had to define what column in the database that trait was assigning the UUID for. So for the longest time, it was the ID, right? It was the primary ID. And I, I was actually just sharing this with John recently. I'd kind of had stopped doing that. And I created, I now create another column for UUID specifically. And the reason why, and I've complained about this on the show in the past, is when you go to use third-party packages, it will make the assumption that your ID field is this incrementing number, is, is this integer, incrementing integer. And when you use UUIDs, there that breaks things. And like every time I included a package, it's body... They were at fault for this as much as anybody else. Every time I included a package, I always had to go in. I had to fork the package. I had to fix their little migration so that you know their IDs would recognize, relationships would recognize that my IDs were UUIDs and back and forth. Uh, but the cool thing about it is Taylor has now introduced a UUID trait. And the reason why that's cool, well, first thing, Obviously, he did a better job at it than I did, where it just it assumes that when you in, implement the trait, it's going to use a UUID for your primary key, your ID. But you can also define other fields to add UUID. So like the current project I'm working on, I have you know a database that will a table that has four, five UUIDs in it. And with Taylor's new trait, UUID trait, that would, wouldn't be an issue at all. You know, I can just say, hey, yeah, you know, these, these five columns are UUIDs and move on with it. This appears to be something that's coming out in Laravel 10 because, like I said, I did a composer upgrade and it's still not there. But the reason I say it's cool is because it's like the whole Apple thing, right? Nobody will, nobody will buy into a technology until Apple blesses it and Apple releases some version of that technology. We talked about it with NFC and NFC near field communication. You know, the tap to pay was struggling, even though, even though Google Android devices had tap to pay stores weren't embracing tap to pay pay because they're just, nobody cared. Apple does it. And then all of a sudden it's everywhere, everywhere you go. Kind of the hoping it's kind of the same thing. Now that Taylor says, Oh, Hey, you want you want your ID to be a UUID here. Here's the trait you use. Boom, boom. Everybody can embrace this. And I'm hoping package developers now start to consider. Oh, I don't know what this person's using for an ID, so I'm just going to make this either something that's configurable, or I'll just make it a string. So if, you know, I don't care if it's you know one digit or a complete sixteen digit UUID. So I'm excited about that. I hate that you're right. The other (laughs) kind of made me feel weird. Uh, The other thing kind of along that same line of community, this is nothing that we have to worry about, but historically a lot of people have come to us and say, Hey, I'm really interested in getting started with Laravel. And you know, our go-to has always been Laracast, right? Go to Laracast. Laracast has, honestly, I haven't been to Laracast in probably a couple of years. I don't even know what they have anymore. I assume it's as good as it always was. But Taylor acknowledged, it's like, you know, 
there used to be a quick start guide in Laravel back in the day, back in Laravel four day, five days. There was a quick start guide you can go through that kind of walked you through on you know how to set up your application and stuff. And they Laravel has gotten so big and documentation has gotten so big that they kind of you know dropped that. Well, now they have bootcamp.laravel.com. So if somebody is coming to you saying, hey, where do I get started with Laravel? Send them to bootcamp.laravel.com. And that kind of gets them started with how to spin up the application, how to how to actually make an application, things like that. See, I've, been, I've been doing it wrong. I've been sending people to symphony.org. So, man, I tell you what, like I'm going to have to put up in, or shut up here at some point. One of the things we're we're talking about, John and I have been talking about with PHP Architect is the website needs a refresh, right? I mean, it needs from front end to back end kind of kind of a refresh. And I was thinking, you know, like we've been talking. I'm a big Laravel person, and I love using Laravel for for clients and stuff because it's job security, you know, with as fast as it iterates and things like that, but. You know, I've really been considering, like, okay, for a PHP Architect, maybe we'll just, you know, do something in Symfony, like something, you know, something with the LTS, and we don't have to worry about, you know, patching it every week and things like that. Man, I see that Livewire 3 stuff. I'm like, oh, I don't know. It might be Laravel. Might be going to Laravel. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> there's not enough. Uh, there's not enough JavaScript stuff on there to need that, well that's part of the problem right we need it we need more dynamic stuff right i mean we should be popping up notifications when people hit the website and there's a new magazine waiting for them don't get me started john don't we talked about vapor in the past and we you know we used vapor a little bit kind of a of just kind of waiting to see how it worked yeah, and cost too much and how to use it well we had a really bad implementation for it. I mean, first thing we were using it for like a WordPress site, which is not what it should be used for at all. It was just a bad, don't, don't take that. But that to your point, Tom, using Lambda in AWS can get very expensive. I mean, there's, there's just no two wasn't, ways about it. It wasn't really a point. It was more of an easy setup. Yeah. But the cool thing about it is there's now a free tier on Vapor that you can use. Now, I'm not, I didn't go there and try it out. I assume you still need to pay for your AWS credentials because it actually sets up on your AWS account. But the point being is you don't have to pay for a Vapor plan. There's like a free tier in Vapor now that you can spin up one project in Vapor and that you kind of see all the tools and how to use it and how Vapor works. Again, you still have to pay your AWS bill, but that's nice. Nice little way to ease into Vapor if that's something you've been looking for. And yeah, I think that's... Oh, Taylor Taylor announced he is doing Laracon in person next year. Ooh. Uh, they're, targeting, they're targeting March. So the, the conference he said that he was looking forward to going to and being in person in January is actually, I think he was talking about Laracon EU was the conference he was talking about. Then he says that uh, Laravel US, or just just Laracon, <clears throat> uh, you don't, don't think you say Laracon US, just Laracon uh, is going to be in March. And he hasn't announced where or when or anything. But So if you can only choose one conference next year, since it's not announced, you might as well come to PHP Tech. Yeah, that's... We have at least an easy decision to make. Plus, I mean, Chicago. Chicago. It's going to be so much fun. There was a really, really good talk on database performance for application developers. That's another one, Tom. If you're going to go back through and and look at talks, look at that one. That, That one was a lot better than I thought. Yeah, I have, I have them pulled up here. Nice thing is the YouTube video, uh, I mean, it's all free. Like, it's just up on YouTube. You can go grab it. But it's also split up into chapters, so you can jump to whatever talk you want to go to real quick. Which is, oh, do they did they finally officially do that? I know some listener had, had done that in the comments. I, did they actually do do it for the whole? Yeah. I should put that in the Trello. I, don't, I actually don't know if I have the Trello stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah, Valericon. 
Yeah, man. It was a good one. It was a good Laracon. I like like the focus on community. I mean, that's just a kind of a thing thing of mine. So it's been a complaint of like yours in the past. So the fact that it's changed, we're willing to step up and, and admit when things have changed for the better. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think I am. Okay. <laughs> you know what? You know what a nice change for the better is that happened this week. You got uh, a job. Well, aside from that, <laughs> uh, Ethereum. Ethereum, the cryptocurrency, is done with their proof-of-stake merge and no longer uses mining to generate new coins. So Ethereum, which was a huge, huge energy consumer, went overnight to a 99.95% less energy consumption across the whole network. So that's a really, really good news. Video cards are now being massively expunged on the internet. You can get a nice cheap video card now again. And this is just in general, this is just great. So the Those uh, people aren't just moving over to Bitcoin. No, Bitcoin can't use GPUs. Bitcoin is basically uh, ASIC miners only now. So uh, if you don't know what ASIC is, it's an application specific integrated chip or circuit. So it's just for Bitcoin mining. Hmm. There's also some news in the, the WordPress world, which I don't normally cover, but this was a zero-day attack that exploited hundreds of thousands of WordPress websites, and I think that's funny. So it is not. don't run WordPress. It's not funny. I mean, it's business for you guys. Some company has a WordPress site, gets attacked. They need someone to make them an actual real website. Diego mm-hmm. Dev. We'll do it. PHP Architect. We'll do it. That's right. <laughs> and yeah. my favorite, my favorite story of the week. This is an actually an old story, but it popped up on the PHP Reddit this week. And I love it. <clears throat> it is the big list of naughty strings. Have you guys ever seen the big list of naughty strings? Only because I saw it on your, your board before we started and I went and looked at it. They were it, so naughty. It is tempting. Like the first thing, the first thing you think when you like big list of naughty strings, like, all right, I got to see this. And it's just a large list of exploit based strings that are often used for form submissions. Uh, it's just stuff that should never be in a, a submitted form or you don't I, ever. I don't, even, I don't even think it's that. It's also. Error handling in your own application. Can you handle Unicode characters properly? Yeah. So it's a little bit of both. It's not just like you shouldn't get these strings. It's, hey, if you get these strings, do you handle, do you them, handle them properly? Yeah. Yeah. So they recommend using this for automated and manual QA testing, um, which I love. I love the idea. Like, does your system crash because bad strings are being sent to it? Um, and it's available... In, it's available for PHP, C++, .NET, Node, and uh, it's a nice little nice little list. I like when you look at it in GitHub, there's little triangles that says, this line has hidden Unicode characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like, the, yeah. Uh, I like this a lot. Don't, don't just copy and paste. You might not get everything you think you're getting. Yeah, it's got... Uh, it's got... Uh, JavaScript injection handling. It's got database uh, manipulation. Lots and lots of different things that you never want to have executed on your system. iOS vulnerabilities. Strings which crashed iMessage in various versions of iOS. Interesting. That was actually interesting. It was an unrecoverable crash, too. Every time you reopened iMessages, it crashed again. That's all I got. Ditto. That was a good show. I like that one. We'd like to thank our Patreons for all their support. Our patrons on Patreon. Patrons on Patreon. I need to get that right at some point. Thank you all. Thank you, everyone, for helping keeping us going. Do, do you still see that? Like The shadows, yeah. I don't see the shadow. Look at Billy. You can see it right there. Yeah. You'll see Rodrigo. If he, oh, yeah. if, if he stops moving his mouse, you see it even better. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ben too, huh? Yeah. There's an R there and Ben. You know, I looked I looked on Canva Canva? Canva to see if I could see it there and I didn't see it. Now I have a better idea of where it's at. Maybe I'll I'll take another look. It's so minor. It was just fun to call you out last week on it. Do appreciate that. Thank you, all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you very much, gentlemen. You know, I want to. I just want to point out quick shout out to our second ever Patreon supporter, Ryan, who recommended and got me my excellent new job. Very happy about it. And he is my my coding buddy. I don't see Ryan on there. Well, he's no longer on there, but he was our second Patreon ever. <laughs> Are you sure about that? He, I, he seemed to be very sure about it. I'm going to check. Not, you not, can't well, claim not, to be that if you're not that any longer. Yeah. I, yeah, I gave right? it to him. I gave it to him. It is. He is the, so, he is so the reason I, I'm making I would look money under, right now. So. Look under canceled. Is that what you're saying? Look under canceled ones. Let me see. So buttery, buttery is obviously our first October fifth, twenty eighteen. Buttery, I I I'm going to. It's going to be tough because Frank. So buttery was October fifth, twenty eighteen. Frank was October twenty twenty fifth, twenty eighteen. So he needed to slip in there within that twenty day period. I believe he did. Uh, let's take a look, shall we? What'd you say his name was? Ralph Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, I heard Ralph. I know. I know. Uh, yeah, I don't even see him. I, to be We're all waiting with bated breath. Yeah, I, I'm not seeing him on here. So, yeah, I don't know where he's at. Uh, is it R-Y-A-N? Yes. Let's, let's go with R. There he is. September 10th, 2020. So <laughs> Nowhere near a second. Yeah. Nice try. What did we say the first ones were? 2018. <laughs> Two years prior. <laughs> he, might have, he might have re-signed up and then canceled again. You gotta look at the whole... I, I can't. I did. Is it event source? Can we go back and figure out how uh, yeah. we got there? Did we just attack the guy who gave you a job? Yeah, he did. Jo- yeah. we, I, I feel bad yeah, now. I don't. But, you know, it, we just like to show how often you, o- only you because on Only because he canceled. It's the only reason. I'm just here to be wrong. That's, That's the only reason I'm here now. <laughs> Tom's wrong. This is the place where I get all my wrongness out for a week. <laughs> all right. That's it. I'm done. I have nothing else to say to you people. Thank you for hanging out with us. I appreciate it. I look forward to this every week. Uh, this is episode 303 of PHP Ugly. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep it Keep ugly. It ugly. One, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do. Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me. Shouts out to people. PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.